Hi, and welcome to the Unplugged Debate. On this podcast, we delve into the ideas surrounding human interaction with both nature and technology, talking to people about their time in the outdoors, starting from when they were younger all the way through to present day, developing a picture on who and what motivates them to be outside and why they do the things they do in the outdoors, crossing over into talking about their technology usage and how that's changed throughout their life, and speaking to them about the different types of technology they use on a day-to-day basis, from their mobile phones to their running shoes. Once we've developed a good picture of them, we incorporate that into how they think technology has changed their outlook on life and their time in the outdoors. And finishing with how they think technological development has changed society on a wider scale. So hello and welcome. On today's episode, we have M. Barrett. M. is a social anthropologist. She got her degree from the School of Oriental and African Studies in London. M. also is the co-founder of the solution journalism news service called Everyday Grit. Everyday Grit focuses on the positive solutions to problems that people have made uh, in our society today. And a lot of your um, articles at the moment you said you were focusing on social and environmental justice That's mostly a, yeah I was I was reading one this morning that was talking about the um, app called how mental that was that was a fantastic article uh, I think it's sort of certainly links to what uh, I'm doing as well it's just yeah it hit the nail on the head that um, you can use social media as, as a tool um, to get get solutions yeah absolutely Emma's uh, spent a lot of their life in metropolitan areas in London and Paris and it's Paris you're based at the moment isn't it exactly I'm in Paris and you were saying that you um, picked up jump rope during lockdown I did yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's really fun And, and you said that kept the pressures of lockdown uh, sort of at bay whilst you were having to stay at home and um, yeah. through the through the pandemic, basically. Yeah, definitely. But you said you also like heading into the countryside of Paris um, and getting into the forests and nature around there. Where specifically? Because I've been to uh, Fontainebleau a few times, climbing and, and walking around those forests. So is that the sort yeah. of area you go to? No, it's not Fontainebleau, but that is a really nice place to go to. Like they have a beautiful forest there and like amazing rocks to climb. But um, the, my parents actually live in Rambouillet. So it's the southwest, very south uh, of the Paris region. And um, and yeah, so there is like the countryside and there's a huge forest called the forest of Rambouillet uh, there. And uh, at the moment, because it's starting to be fall, there's a lot of mushrooms there. Um, so yeah, it's a very beautiful forest as well. And I usually go there. <laughs> you do a bit of uh, gathering, like chanterelles and, and stuff? So I'm not really good at it, but my dad, who I actually work with, um, he's really in, into the mushroom picking. And so uh, he goes out uh, when the season's on and he has a look for them and everything. And I go with him from time to time as well, because he's really, really good at it, actually. <laughs> 
we, we have a lot of uh, a lot of chanterelles growing in, in Scotland and some of the people that I work with, with in the ranger service they're, they're quite keen mushroom pickers so um, yeah. certainly towards the end of the season and when the mushrooms are coming out there's a there's a there's a, a lady I work with she uh, will be driving along at about I don't know 20 30 miles an hour and she'll go oh chanterelles and you're like hawkeyes <laughs> for mushrooms <laughs> you were saying that when uh, when covid eases and stuff you're looking to do your scuba diving qualification yeah so that's like a big like a big dream of mine to become a scuba diver instructor so i don't know exactly how that's going to work time wise because i am working on the solutions journalism website and everything and launching it so i'm in the middle of that but uh back in 2019 i went to the philippines and did up um my patty courses i did my advanced uh one of my advanced course as well and i just love scuba diving so much and yeah so it's one of my dreams to become a dive master and maybe an instructor even and do that for a bit because it's just yeah it's it's a really beautiful practice sport i don't know <laughs> it's it's i love it yeah, I mean, I've done a few try dives and stuff. It, it's just it's quite surreal being under the ocean just and, yeah, being able to see what's under there, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's really amazing because, I mean, at, at the time, I don't know, I, I read somewhere that it's actually, we know more about uh, what's going on in space than we know what's going on in, like, the deep sea. So it's, like, it feels like it's such a privilege to be able to be underwater and see those things. Like, no one, very rarely do people get to see that. And so when I'm under the water and, like, looking, I'm just, like, wow, like, so taken aback um, and feels so lucky to be there and to be able to experience that. And that's really magical. And, yeah, I love that feeling. And, uh, and I think it really sensibilizes, like makes you more sensitive to also like climate change and like the importance of the ocean and everything. So yeah, that's really awesome. It's a, it's a really great, great thing to do scuba diving. I recommend to everybody. <laughs> I should give it a, a go at least once. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the, the pressures of the ocean that, that, that we can't deal with. And that's the reason that we, we can't, well, we, we're getting to the point where we can we have the technology to send probes down that deep, but yeah, it, it, the pressures are incredible down there and quite, yeah. quite easy to crush something. Exactly. It's just, yeah. And we don't know what's going on down there, you know, and there's so, you know, it's just like a unseen worlds and it's within our planet. So I don't know. I find that fascinating. <laughs> so we, we touched on it there. Um, and the first thing we'll go into is uh, what sort of things, do you do in the outdoors obviously we, we talked about your scuba diving and and sort of going out into the forests um in and around paris um where did it all start for you who who was the sort of pushing emphasis for getting you outside and, and doing stuff in the outdoors yeah well it's funny because uh i mean i grew up yeah i grew up in metropolitan cities i did grow up in a town that had a forest next to it so you know, we used to take walks in the forest. My dad actually is a really big inspiration for me because he's very connected to nature. And so we would go on like bike rides in the forest. We always live quite close to a forest and we'd go and like find the wild boars. And um, he knew all the spots to like kind of, you know, far away enough to be safe and leave them alone, but just kind of like look for animals. And it was all like, I remember being, being a kid and that was like really magical to do that. 
And then, uh, yeah, I moved to London and there I didn't really do much except when I traveled. And like I said, I went scuba diving and explored with that. And, and, um, and so there's not like one thing that really got me to do stuff like that, but, uh, but yeah, I'm actually the jump rope was really fun because it was like during lockdown and we all had to stay inside and in Paris, especially we had a, a curfew. So we had to be at home at six at night and we couldn't leave our house. And so it was kind of stressful because you're always inside, you can't do anything and you're not allowed to go anywhere because everything's shut. And, um, and jump rope was really easy because, you know, you just need a rope and you can just go anywhere, like out in the street or in the park or whatever. And uh, my friend was getting into it. Her name's Georgina. And uh, she was really getting into it and like learning tricks. And like, you know, I found it really cool. And so she got me a rope and uh, showed me some tricks and yeah, and just like started going on Instagram and following other people who do it. And there's actually a huge community on Instagram about it. And uh, they all like push each other on and and uh, you can see their journeys with it. And a lot of them were doing it during lockdown as well. So it's just really inspiring to see people like learning new things and and then I was like, oh, I'm going to try this too. So yeah, it's just lots of different things, you know, um, but I just do think that it's really important to, especially after this lockdown where we've been inside so much, um, to go outside and to, you know, have an experience outside of, and, and especially in nature, you know, um, to kind of the, the disconnect a little bit from like the buzz that's going on inside my head, especially living in a big city. So yeah. So it was, it was it was a lot of going out with your dad when you were younger and, and, and really just connecting with nature in that in that sense. And it's nice yeah. that I, I assume that's left a long, uh, a long marked effect and you're quite happy to go and do that um, by yourself now and, and just really experience being out in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean, because I live they I mean the countryside that they live in is just an hour away from where I live and every couple of weeks I'm like living in Paris like in the hustle and bustle of life like working seeing friends doing things and then every couple of weeks I go back there to get like a breath of fresh air like that's super important for me to just go in the countryside in the forest whether accompanied with a, you know my mom or my dad or my brother or a friend or on my own to just kind of like, it's like pressing on the reset button, you know, um, to just kind of be like, okay, like I can relax and I don't have to be so stressed about everything. Like, you know, it's not all urgent and I can just be here and be present. So yeah, that's something that's really important. And yeah, I definitely got that from childhood probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, from, from what I know of French culture as well is it's, that's very much, how how you're brought up is uh, definitely go out and, and be part of of that because you've got such a vast country to mm -hmm. explore as well so it's it, you know as I said before I've, I've been there and it, it, it's such a, a beautiful forest that I went to um, so I can't imagine what the other ones are like around Paris as well yeah it's actually not that far and that's the greatest thing it's not like, like, I mean, I used to live in London, London's so spread out. There's a lot of parks and everything, but, you know, to get to nature, it felt like a little bit more of an extra effort but there. It's like really hop on a train um, and, you know, and it's there and that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I think you missed out a little bit on the, on the, 
what England has to offer with with nature and stuff. But uh, I can understand that I lived I lived um, just outside of London for about twenty years. Um, that's my hometown, and uh, I, I rarely went into London. It was like an hour's train ride, and you sort of like that. No, don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me, it's the opposite. I was just in London and I was just stuck there and not really. I mean, I did take the train once to Surrey and went for a walk in Surrey. Um, you know, there's the marshes that that was quite cool. Like there's some parks there. But yeah, I mean, I was kind of sucked into the London life there. So I wasn't, you know, appreciating the outdoors as much. I mean, except for like the urban outdoors, of course. But it's, it's a little bit different than being submerged in nature, you know? Yeah. Well, um, if Kai uh, if Kai comes up to Scotland, you're more than welcome to come visit. I'll take you around some of the beautiful parts of Scotland. Then. Yeah, I'd love that. And he keeps inviting me, so I should definitely be there eventually soon. <laughs> because I've been once uh, with him, actually, and it's just so beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. And I really want to go back and do a hike up there because it's, yeah, it's incredible. Well, you're more than welcome anytime. Thank you. <laughs> and so, um, are you looking? Obviously, you want to do the scuba diving stuff. Is there anything else in in the outdoors that you would like to do? Or, I mean, right now, not really. There's no like real project. I mean, I I have I have like a thousand hobbies, and I get like I'm I get interested in so many things. And, you know, um, I really, one of the other nature landscapes that I really like is the sea, obviously scuba diving, but I'd love to like learn how to surf. And there's definitely some good spots in France as well that are accessible. So, I mean, I always have these dreams of like, oh, I'm gonna start up this new thing. And I'm usually not really good at it. And I usually don't get really good at it. But at the end of the day, I, you know, it's like jump rope, it's like, those things where it's just, I do it because it makes me feel good and it's fun. And, and, you know, it connects me to my body. It connects me to my environment. And that's the, for me, that's the purpose. And uh, so, yeah, I'd love to learn how to surf. Um, I'd love to have a bit more time to also uh, explore France because um, it is, like you said, a really beautiful country and there's so many different landscapes. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like a super straightforward answer, but yeah, I've got so many different interests. <laughs> it's just good to see that people are, are still keen and really interested in getting out into the outdoors and, and doing lots of different things. Yeah. Because there is there is so much avenue for adventure sports in, in France as well. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, yeah, you're in the perfect place to do it. Yeah. And so you're saying that... Um, because one of my other guests, um, the, the podcast is actually just going to go out. It's just gone out now. Um, Meg was saying that um, even in the UK, uh, public links to the outdoors is a lot better than it is in the United States. So um, the, the public transport that you have in France, is that really accessible to all parts, all facets of France? Sort of trains and, and buses. Oh, yeah, I've got really good train service really good train service or you can go carpooling as well so you know if, if you want a car share or you know things like that like yeah it's really really good so we've got very fast trains so it is accessible and um yeah i mean definitely i mean you just need a little bit more time and maybe a little bit more money if you you know want to 
depends if you want to go camping or something like that you know you can really do it on low budget so it's actually not it's actually really accessible yeah definitely what's the um what's the rules on camping in france i said camping but i think um wild camping is illegal <laughs> but to be honest i've done it before and um a lot of my friends have done it before it's not supposed you're not supposed to but you know if you do it respectfully and I think it's, you know, I, I mean, now I'm saying do something illegal, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of camping spots as well, like camping, uh, you know, legal camping spots and things like that, that you can go to. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are so, yeah, there's so many, there's so many beautiful spots, you know, and I think, it's, I think also a big thing is just to be really respectful of nature. Hmm. Um, if you're going to go camping anyway, either whether it's an illegal spot or not, you know, so I think that's, but I think, you know, if you keep that in mind, yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's fantastic and, and awesome that you're still keen on, on doing it. And I suppose we're, we're all still young enough to go out and do it. And there's yeah. people that will, even into their fifties and sixties that still go out and do that sort of thing. So, uh, it's amazing. Um, We'll, we'll move we'll move slightly over and we'll start talking about your sort of technological side of your life um we'll start with the obviously your journalism service um because that that sort of really requires a huge amount of um technology for you to actually get that out into the public so um just talk me through first what the solution journalism is um and, and the whole concept behind it yeah, of course. Um, so it's basically, I like to kind of put it into contrast with, let's say, like traditional journalism. Um, the idea started, so I work, me and my dad started this, um, this uh, Everyday Grit just Solutions Journalism uh, platform. And this platform is online. So yeah, of course, it uses a lot of technology. We use technology all day long. <laughs> um, but uh, so it all started during the first lockdown where the only kind of contact that we had with um, the outside world was through media. So through the TV, through journalism and all the news was pretty negative um, and depressing and anxiety producing. We were like, wow, like there's just so, you know, all the headlines, all the topics were just like, there's these problems, you know, it's COVID or you know, terrorism or, you know, uh, wildfires, like just everything was kind of, and, you know, you're sitting at home and you're like, oh my God, like the world is burning. It's horrible, you know, and, um, and it, it, you know, and I think the point is, is that we need to be aware of what's going on in the world. Like that's super important. You know, I'm not saying let's just ignore what's going on because that's dangerous too, but um, we, we wanted to, uh, you know, start a platform where we we look at it from a different angle. So rather than looking at only the problem, we're also looking at who's doing what about that problem. So who's bringing, who's responding to that problem. So for me, solutions journalism is really like focuses on the responses to social issues as well as the problems. So it's not ignoring the problem. It's just being like, yeah, but also these people are doing this. This organization is doing this. And so in a way, the, the, the reaction that that provokes is more like inspiration and hope and action as well, because 
when you're reading about those, all these problems, you feel kind of powerless. You're like, oh, what can I do? But if you're seeing that other people are doing things, you're maybe like, oh, maybe I can do that too. Or that, you know, that problem, my community faces something similar and that's a great way of looking at it, you know? So um, that's kind of how I describe it. Um, and so we write articles about these people. And I think also, um, what's important is that the people who are responding don't usually get that much media coverage. Um, usually they're just busy doing, trying to do what they're doing. They're not, you know, advertising, maybe they don't have the budget for that, or, you know, that's not the main issue. Um, so it's really a platform as well to shine a digital spotlight on these inspiring people and these inspiring stories that are really taking real action in the face of problems in their community or society at large you know yeah I, you know it was it was fascinating when uh, when I was put on onto what you guys do because um it is a lot of you do have so one of the specific articles I read was about the Japanese uh, lady who was against the coal industry there you still give the the side of there is this whole um industry that is really bad for the environment and, and all that but you also it, it is really positive and champions what she's done for it so you still give the the news that's there but you, you, you the solutions that are there as well exactly. uh, it's yeah i i really like it <laughs> um <laughs> so you know in 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 that you you all have to use um a lot of digital media and and really do your research into that to fact check it and stuff so what what sort of because do you use it as a tool um where you just have to where you're on it just to, just specifically for um all this factual research and actually probably doing over the phone interviews like we're doing just now yeah. um you know how has that sort of impacted you in your in your day-to-day -day life where you do you get up and then go and check your emails and and, and if you're not actually uh, working do you still check your emails and, and that sort of thing yeah well I mean definitely it's a huge contrast to how I used to work before because I used to work uh, in London I've done a lot of jobs around like in cafes and things so I was using my body you know to work and now it's really using computers and my phone and zoom and all these apps you know like emails and and so it's really my life in terms of that changed drastically. Um, I'd say when I don't work, I still use my phone a lot. Um, I do connect a lot with people over WhatsApp and social media. Um, I do do the scrolling thing as well a little bit. Um, but I, it's funny because I, I try to limit myself by putting like time limits on, and also on my phone, like at 11 PM, my, all my social media apps shut off. So um, I can't access them. So I'm not like trying to scroll end endlessly into, into the night. Like I do try to have a healthier balance um, because I think, I mean, I've heard you say on this podcast uh, before how, when you're an active user of those platforms, like that can really help you. But if you're, um, a passive user that can kind of deteriorate your mental health and you know you know you're maybe like comparing despairing with other people and feeling kind of like bummed out and stuff so you know i try to really actively use my apps 
And it's mostly just to communicate. Um, I've got a lot of friends all around the world, like Kai, who lives in Nigeria and, and friends, you know, in Singapore and Amsterdam, London. So I usually, you know, keep in touch. Um, so I try to use it a lot for connection. And, and otherwise, yeah, it's just like research or, and, you know, sometimes a bit cheeky, just like if I'm not feeling uh, like I just scroll or listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I just, you know, I feel like I do use technology a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and as you say, it's, it's not a bad thing as long as you, as long as you, you sound like you have a healthier relationship than um, lots of people do. You, you know, you set yourself boundaries that, that means that you're not lying in bed and you're scrolling through uh, because then you start switching on your brain. And, and certainly if you're doing your job as well and you're lying in bed sort of doing that, it's, um, yeah, it's not yeah good. <laughs> you, you'll never sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to set boundaries with all these things because especially doing your own kind of project and kind of launching yourself into, then it's really easy to like let it consume you 24 seven. Mm. um and no I don't I don't want to do that I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's beneficial for for work for your work either so yeah it's good to kind of set a, a structure there <laughs> so you're the you're around the same age as Kai uh yeah basically yeah so um so you you would have grown up where technology was sort of still in its infancy we you know where mm -hmm. we're not we, there was no social media when when you were in that period you know have you felt a marked difference from from then did you spend more time outside or were you were you sort of still a lot indoors or yeah well it's really funny because um i was thinking about that before we did this interview and um it's true like i literally i'm born 1994 so mm -hmm. cell phones didn't really exist yet I remember the first self my parents getting like the first cell phones like flip phones with like a little antenna and everything um uh, computers were not really a thing and I really wanted a game boy and my parents were like no no game boy <laughs> um and you know they didn't want me to watch too much too much tv either um they didn't want me to spend my whole day in front of the tv so yeah I think I did spend as a child um like a lot more time uh playing games you know I I mean I was a little bit more introverted as a child so I liked you know to draw and do more creative things but also going out and playing in the garden or in the in the park with other friends you know I think definitely and then the whole phone thing came a little bit later but even then it was just you know those block phones and you had to like press like press on all the letters no the numbers to like create texts and stuff yeah. so it was very it was very different it's only later on towards like university that um maybe like end of high school that like social media became a thing, Facebook became a thing. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's that interesting generation where we've seen it happen, you know, it happened. I feel like the generations after us, they've had it the whole time, you know? So it's a very different uh, contrast in terms of experience with technology. Um, and, and with that, I was just thinking like with your social anthropology stuff, um, when you were studying that, um, did did any of this sort of crop up, or what was the focus on that? Did is um, this been sort of your motivation to do the the sort of digital side and go into the so, uh, social solutions journalism? Sorry. Yeah. 
Um, to be fair, uh, yeah, there was definitely studies on like um, that were done on like using technology and how technology impacts and affects, you know, culture or, you know, communities and things like that. It wasn't actually my focus during my studies um, at all. So <laughs> um, I, I studied more, actually, I studied so many, I, I studied a lot of different things. I was interested in so many things. So it wasn't exactly like, I didn't have a main focus, but, um, but definitely, I mean, that's something that recently I think have cropped up a lot more in anthropology. Then again, I'm, you know, I don't, um, I'm not like an anthropologist today, so I can't speak that much for anthropologists, but uh, there's definitely a lot more studies that are being done. Even just like technology, that doesn't have to mean like phones uh, or computers. It can also be, uh, you know, just um, think like objects that are, that are, that make things easier, you know, cause we get all these kind of new products that come out and makes things easier. And so it definitely impacts culture. Um, I think definitely the, the solutions journalism, well, that just came a little bit later where it was, it's, it was less about using, well, the technology is more the medium that we're gonna like, you know, we wanna like share the message with, but the idea to start with was really to share, um, you know, you know uh, have a narrative, is to really just like put out their information that like talks about a different perspective on what's going on in the world and kind of more how how can that uh, shift you know people's perspectives and relationship to media and journalism and news and things like that. Yeah, you, you touched on it there actually um, because I've, I've spoken about it before in the podcast as well. Is it's not just the digital side of things with this ability to be so interconnected. Um, things like clothing and equipment has changed as well. And so what would you, or what's your perspective on the changes that you've seen in, in clothing and, and equipment over the over the, the decades that we've been alive thus far? Yeah, I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, um, you know, we're like looking for efficiency, you know? Mm-hmm in the way that we create products. And it seems like it's like, if things are easier to use or they, they create something that's more efficient, then we can have access to the things that we wanna do quicker, you know, and more easily and things like that. So yeah, I think that's definitely, I mean, this is getting a little bit meta now because my brain is just going on like on a worldwide scale, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know, it's this kind of general kind of movement towards things are really accessible. You know, everything's at the, you know, accessible at the art, like at our fingerprint, you know, it's like Google something, get in contact with someone, make a phone call, write an email, uh, run faster, uh, you know, like have a more efficient bike so that when you go on your bike rides, you don't have to struggle so much and you can go further and, you know, get better quicker, you know? So it's just kind of, I feel like it's kind of a movement that is, is definitely happening on so many levels, um, which, you know, has its positives and negatives. Um, and there are things that I do like to, you know, actually I didn't say this to you, but I really like to knit. So that's like kind of this thing where it's like, I'm bringing it back down to like, just really taking my time to make a piece of gar- like a piece, like a hat or, you know, a sweater. And so this, it's also nice to do that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think going back to the question that, um, 
that there's been like quite um like it's just like a really global movement to make things more efficient and um i think yeah it's definitely been beneficial where we've been able to create technology that is super helpful for a lot of things but also you know we can i mean i personally feel and i'm not you know i'm 27 years old so i'm not that old that you know life is the pace of life is a bit quicker you know we're a bit more and you know but we adapt so i don't know <laughs> i don't know where this is going that's that's great it's it's a case of uh the, the more that we've become interconnected the more that you can see that things have become more efficient you know and uh the ability to produce uh bits of technology in clothing and equipment um really has been helped um because you know we're talking i'm talking to you in france imagine us trying to do this i would have had to come to france or you'd have had to come to scotland and you know yeah. so ideas can be shared so much quicker and i guess that's what the internet was originally introduced for was sharing of scientific ideas um so it's really helped human society to do that yeah um how do you feel like in what's your perspective on how Firstly, we'll talk about the outdoors, how it's changed the outdoors and, and people's access to it. And do you think that it's a big question, but do you think that technology has, has moved people away from going outdoors as much? So I don't know about that. You know, I'm, I don't have a, a straightforward answer for this. But when you're asking the question, what was coming up to mind is Google Maps mm -hmm. and how, you know, Thanks to the fact that I have a smartphone in my hands that has Google Maps on it, I can be pretty much in a lot of places around the world and find my way, you know, um, especially in big cities and things like that. Um, so in a way, yes, I guess it does make things more accessible, more easy. Um, we don't have to, you know, speak the language and, you know, have this, this like awkward conversation with someone in like a broken language being like, where's my way, you know, and, but, um, and so it makes things more accessible. And I think that's very helpful in that way. Um, I do think that, you know, we do spend generally more time, you know, if you go on a, on a train or anything, most people are, you know, on their phones. So we are connecting, interconnected in a lot of ways and through our phones, but maybe less with our environment. Um, but I also do think that, especially now that we've lived through this global phenomenon that was COVID-19 and that still is, um, that it's, it's, it's shifting a lot of ways that people are kind of um, relating to being outdoors and the outside and the environment. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people and read some things about how, you know, connecting with, with nature is really important, especially people who had to like work from home on their computers for the whole time, you know, being outside, you know, the, the, it makes you feel for the first time, like for the first time, like, wow, actually this is, this is really important. This is really nice, you know? Um, so I think there's kind of double, a double thing, you know, going on where, yeah, definitely technology kind of cuts us off from the environment, but also being cut off makes that when we are reconnected, 
it becomes something that's really important. Um, and, and also it helps us to, you know, to have access. So it's just kind of this three, um, three level thing that I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I think, I think that, um, because the advent of, um, consoles and, and platforms that you can play computer games on now, um, you know, it does connect people and it connects people over vast distances, but there's nothing that beats going out, uh, into the, into nature and, and, and even with a couple of friends or, or just on your own, I think there's, there's something, and I think you're right with the prevalence of the pandemic, uh, has really sort of opened people's eyes a lot to thinking, oh, do you know what? I, I'm going to leave it all behind and I'm going to go out and have a, and have a wander just to sort of recharge, refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's, as you probably heard in the podcast, I, I'm always fascinated on people's perspectives on it because everyone's different and everyone has a different perspective. So that's, that's great. Um, and so I, I mean, you've touched on it a few times as well Is you, how do you think it's changing modern day culture and, and society? And do you think it's a positive thing as, as we go forward or, or can there be things that are regulated and changed to, to aid people? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's positives and negatives to, to everything. <laughs> yeah. But since I, my work is solutions journalism and I like to focus on the more, um, you know, positive impact of things, I just, I prefer to have an outlook on things where I will focus on more, how can it aid and how can it be more, you know, something that's positive and have a positive outcome. I think if I put my energy in there, then, you know, maybe that's in my perspective in there, then, you know, then that's, that's probably what, you know, it can be what can, we can focus on, you know? And so I think that definitely like, you know, we've seen so many things that are like really good and really bad about uh, the way people use, especially social media and things like that. There's like, it's just such a heated debate. But um, for me, like starting uh, this solutions journalism platform, I use social media so much to get informed, you know, and and I see how ideas get shared across the globe, like in a second. Um, for example, my Instagram feed is like half of it is just infographics about things, and I learn, I learn, I learn, and like I spend like a lot of my day when I'm on, well, my, a lot of the time I have on, like on social media is like learning about things, you know? Um, so I feel like in that way, it's really positive because it speeds up our comprehension. So let's say there's a problem happening in a, in a certain place, or, you know, first of all, we get to hear about it. Second of all, we get to hear so many different perspectives on it. And then we also get to like talk about it with each other and there's comment sections. And, you know, the comment section is kind of like sometimes good, sometimes bad. But I think that, you know, conversations start, you know, and that's super important, even with strangers, people who you would have never met in real life. Um, So I feel like that's like a really positive thing. It can be a really positive thing, you know, Um, and it is kind of speeding up the way that we are changing the way we're thinking. I think there's a huge kind of consciousness shift happening thanks to that you know, the way we're, we're relating to the world and to each other, 
is changing the way that we're thinking about things is changing very very fast and um and i think that's like really great you know i really think that i don't know what the outcome is going to be but i'm hoping it's going to be something really great and revolutionary i mean i feel like I don't know, it really depends on your feed, you know what I mean? But from my feed, it looks really like empowering and I'm all, I mean, I'm there for that, you know? So I guess it's one of those things also, it's like, you know, this, we always, people get recommended, it's like unfollow the things that you don't wanna hear, you know, like that things that upset you because, you know, you know, put in your life and in your feed and on social media and things like that, like things that will like, you know, make you feel empowered and make you feel good. And I think, and I think it's good to also like know what's the the opposite side of, of things as well. But I mean, yeah, I think that there's definitely it's definitely has like the potential of having a really great impact in the way that the world moves forward. And there's there's a, a podcast yet to go out, um, and his his perspective on it is is you know along the lines of yours is that it's it's a positive thing and everything that you use it, it should it should be a positive thing um you know having that ability to connect with everyone and having that access um it, it, it's an incredible thing for people to have that access um you know one of one one of the podcasts uh, chris heaney he said he he's a true adventure uh, adventurer um, and it really enjoys that sort of thing, but said, um, what was it he said? He said that uh, tourists destroy the things that they visit. Um, and obviously he was saying in there that, you know, he, um, he went and did the Grand Canyon. So the rapids that are there, but because he had such a big group with him, um, he lost the adventure of going through those big rapids because he wanted to make sure that everyone was safe. Mm. And you know, so it, the the balance of it is is that yes, it's a it's a, a real positive thing for social change, but also depending on what you want to get out of it as well. Yeah. Um, and if if you want an adventure, is it always good to have the ability to be able to check everything before you before you go? Um, and that's that's sort of the interesting balance, and and I think about it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's really interesting to hear your perspective on it as well. Um, and the way that you, um, you know, you can educate yourself and you know about things that you wouldn't have known about back in the 90s or the 80s or something like that, because there was no way of doing it. So, you know, there is all those positives and negatives to, to everything. So, um, yeah. It's yeah, really interesting, really interesting perspective on it. Um, I mean, it's really interesting what you were saying about your the previous uh, podcast about like this idea of, you know, if you want to go on an adventure, is it really like worth being able to check everything? And I think, yeah, I mean, when, when you were talking, I was thinking about um, also that is just like, you know, we get to choose, you know, these things, we get to choose, we also still have agency as people. And, you know, we get to choose how we want to live those adventures that is, you know, small everyday adventures or big adventures, um, big trips and things like that. And, and the same with uh, the way we relate to, you know, technology, 
social media and all of those things. I keep bringing it back to social media, sorry. But it's just a lot of what I do right now. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, for me, it's just how you, how you choose to relate. You know, when there's issues going on and you're seeing and you're, you know, you're being, in, you know, put in, in contact with, with what's going on in the world, you know, it's like, how do I want to um, show up, you know, as a person? It's like, am I going to treat this with compassion and have a conversation with it where I'm trying to understand and learn? Or am I going to, you know, just assert my opinions and like not want to listen, you know? And so I think, and I think that, you know, the fact that conversations are starting um, on those platforms and just also amongst people in general, because, you know, it starts on the platform, but then it goes out, you know, um, you know, it kind of informs, I, I'm hoping that it's kind of pushing towards more of a compassionate way of, of, um, of relating with each other, you know, even though this whole like barrier of the screen kind of makes it feel impersonal. I think that, you know, if we're reminded that it's just humans, we're all humans just talking to each other. Um, I'm hoping that it can really bring to that, you know. That, that. That is an that's because if you think um, you have one of the biggest suppositories of information in the world uh, ever uh, in human civilization, and, and that's YouTube. Um, yeah. And you ever have you ever have an issue or a problem that you know someone's done it somewhere and probably made a video about it, so you can go and search it up. And you, you're right; you can educate yourself so quickly um, and there, there is there is caveats to that of, of sort of our attention span and our ability to hold on to information but if it's okay. there so easily for you you don't have to um and it, it is becoming that sort of second brain where people would have to remember these sorts of things or they would write it down so it's just a, an alternative way of having a second brain basically and it, it it's it's fascinating to to be able to have that um and, and a lot of the things that i've done certainly with uh, filming things or, or doing interviews, um, learning about how to make podcasts or, um, you know, marketing something. You just, you're like, I don't have to go and pay someone for a lesson. I'll just go on this free service to find out what other people have done. And, yeah. You know, you, you wonder if people would make the same mistakes, but they, you, you still make the same mistakes um, when you're, doing it but you can still get the theory behind it and you can try and circumvent some of the mistakes but you, you never will you're human at the end of the day so absolutely yeah it's really funny you talk about youtube like that because i have this ongoing joke with my friends called um where it's we call you i call youtube youtube university because yeah. you can learn anything on youtube so it's like you could learn literally anything so it's like one giant university that is absolutely free where you can learn anything i've learned so many things like how to fix like light fixtures how to like yeah do marketing like it's just so like so many different things so for me like youtube is just like a giant university <laughs> for free yeah it's a it's a fun, it's a fantastic thing and it, it's, a, it's a positive thing as well yeah. because it, it is going back to that whole sharing of ideas and a lot of the time um you would it would be insidious knowledge that you would have to that would be given through generation to generation to generation where you have so much opportunity to learn different things now mm -hmm. um, not sure whether or not having so much opportunity is always a good thing but you know it gives it empowers people 
Yeah. And once again, you have the choice, you know, um, to a certain extent to kind of go where you want to go with that, you know, mm. and, um, but it's true that you can, you can easily fall into a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done it a few times. <laughs> um, from what you've been saying, there's, there's, there's so much opportunity and there's so much, um, option for people even if they're going out on an adventure they can do a lot of research behind it or they can do as little research so you're, you're right it's a choice uh, and I think that people are realizing that more now is that you it, it's something you can consume but you do have a choice and you can set boundaries to it um, and it's super interesting to get your perspective because it is it is your day-to-day -day life and you're not like my other guests who are very much a lot of them are very much in the adventure industry so they're they're very much a proponent for being outdoors and stuff so it's getting the other side of the the conversation and that's fantastic for me yeah um, so um well have you got anything else that you want to you want to impart in this into this podcast i mean i can plug in my my work um which is the website, which is everydaygrit.com and on Instagram, everyday.grit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, and then when it comes to, I mean, I, I just want to say, I really like your podcast and I was kind of scared to not be the right kind of guest because I'm not super adventurous and doing that all the time every weekend, but um, I'm glad that I could, you know, bring a perspective that's a bit different. And I think that also, um, it's just a really interesting subject that it's just like, are these two things separate? Like, I don't think so. You know, I don't think, I don't think most things are separate anyway, but, <laughs> but um, I think technology, you know, we can't live without. And the thing is technology has been around since, you know, forever we've used tools to do stuff and that's how we, you know, thrived as a species. So, you know, but, um, but like, you know, I do think that just, going back to this idea of the pandemic and like this kind of also just like and technology advancing and it, there's like kind of this idea that for me right now in my head that's floating around that there's like a global movement happening and it's the first time that you know everybody is kind of being able to share and or maybe not the first time but the first time in a long time <laughs> and yeah. um and and yeah and i think that definitely that's just opening up so much more awareness around our relationship to technology and our relationship to the outdoors. And yeah, it's just very, very interesting. And like you were saying before, it's a very interesting time that we're living in right now. And yeah, I feel very lucky. And it's great that we're able to do that, you know, on Zoom and have these conversations, just that opportunity is really great. Yeah. Um, and you, 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 it's a case of I'm, I'm really trying to get the other side of the argument as well. well not argument, but conversation, debate. Um, because, it, yeah, you are not like any of the other guests that I've had on. So it's, it's, it's such a great perspective. But, well, at the end of the podcast, as you probably know, um, I ask people uh, a specific question. So yes. hopefully you've practiced for it. <laughs> um, if you had the opportunity, uh, money was no issue, time was no issue, you didn't have to worry about your job, um, and you had a year to go and be unplugged anywhere in the world, where would it be? What would you do? I would absolutely do that. 
I am so down. Um, sounds like an amazing adventure. And I was trying to think about a place in the world and I couldn't think of an actual place, but I was thinking I would love to be somewhere remote where I have access to the sea and I have access to also like farmlands. So it have like activities to be able to like farm and, you know, grow food and a place where there's, where I get to experience all four seasons, because, you know, if I get close to the equator, you know, it's just, you know, rainy season, uh, dry season, but so that, you know, you get really to experience the full cycle of, of, um, of seasons. And um, I would definitely bring some friends with me <laughs> because I think I'd feel a bit lonely um, if I was alone. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be a great experience to connect with the people that I'm with and also the environment and just be able to, you know, I don't know, wake up with the sun and meditate on the beach in the morning and then like going and <laughs> um, watering my plants and things like that and just like making lunch and just really um, connecting with the present. I think that's so, if, you know, if I would ever get the opportunity of doing that, I would feel so, so lucky. So yeah, that's, um, definitely. And with no phones and nothing to really kind of distract me, like that would be for any of us, you know, it would be a really great experience. And I guess the only place I can really think of something like that happening would be like, I feel like in North America, they would have like, a landscape that kind of looks like that maybe in the states like on the west coast no yeah the west coast or something like that but it is quite crowded I think it would be like nice to be able to go to a little village and go to the market and get your things and talk to people but not too not too crowded either <laughs> so that's my that's my answer I mean I love that question I think it's great because it really triggers your imagination <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely does. I I enjoy I enjoy getting every everyone's perspective on it. Uh, so, but uh, no, I, I I think you're you're missing it. You you probably could do that in France if you wanted yeah. to. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, I want to go far away. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. fine. Yeah, what would yours be? Oh mine. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it'd probably be somewhere in Scandinavia. Um, yeah, west coast of Norway or, or back in the Arctic Circle. I, uh, th there was an explorer in the UK called Ranulf Fiennes, and he said that you would get the Arctic bug. Um, and I'm pretty sure I have that. I'm itching to get back out into the into the cold, crisp Arctic. So, um, so and you and you do get um, you do get seasons up there, but yeah, it's still not as extreme uh, not as extreme as what we have in Scotland or something like that. It's very much um, autumn will last about three weeks and then it'll get really cold and you'll <laughs> end up getting snow sometime sometime in sort of late October, early November. And, and then, yeah, but I think, yeah, probably, probably in Scandinavia in the Arctic Circle or if not Canada. Oh, somewhere yeah. Maybe, maybe closer to the coast. So, yeah, you could go and have the water sports as well. But, yeah, Arctic Circle for me, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. And so quiet with the, with the snow. Oh yeah. So oh, nice. Reminiscing, reminiscing right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and thanks very much for that. Um, really do appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Really big thank you for M for coming on the podcast, giving her perspective. 
On the next podcast, we have Ben Donsky giving his perspective on the Unplugged debate. Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>